0: Happy TGIF, everyone! Today is the 25th of March, Friday, and you are listening to another episode of We Read the News So You Don't Have to. Now, starting off today's recap of headlines is something that I'm super excited about, and it's really that from 1st of April, those who are fully vaccinated will be able to travel freely between Singapore and Malaysia by land, including by driving without testing or quarantine, in a highly anticipated move that is set to kickstart short trips between the neighbouring countries. Love that! So this is a piece of news from The Straits Times, which also says that on Thursday, yesterday, um, Singapore and Malaysia jointly said that there will be no longer any need for pre-departure or on-arrival tests. So there will also no longer be any caps on the number of daily overland travellers, a major step up from the current arrangement where only about 4,000 people are allowed to travel on designated VTL buses daily, vaccinated travel lanes by the way. The new arrangement will apply to all categories of travellers and all modes of transport via the land border including the cross-border public bus services like service number 170 that are being progressively restored. Now, all travelers must also have valid travel documents like their passports and also vehicle entry permits. And those crossing the causeway, including Singapore citizens, PRs, and also long-term pass holders, must also complete their SG arrival card within three days before arriving at the checkpoints. So PM Lee also said that, Singapore and Malaysia enjoy deep, warm, and multifaceted relations, as well as strong people-to-people ties. Now, today's announcement is a significant milestone in our transition towards living with COVID-19. Major news there, super, super excited. I think for the longest time, we've always been talking about like, oh, you know, like, when can we go back to JB and, and, you know, like, go down to Malacca and everything. So I think... This is finally happening, and it feels a bit surreal to be able to say that, like, hey, you know, we can finally go to Malaysia soon. Interestingly enough, I was asking a couple of friends, like, oh, you know, do you guys want to go to JB? And the answer was surprisingly no. Like. They were like, oh you know, I think that the queues will be very, very long. And then they were saying like, hey, shall we go to Batam instead? So I was like, okay, because you know, Batam don't have to queue at the causeway, right? You just have to take a ferry. But yeah, like for me, I'm just looking for people to go to Malaysia with me sooner or later because I really, really want to go back, you know, the massages, the food. As much as I love Singapore food, I I feel like there's something about Malaysian food uh, just across the causeway that like, you know, just something magical about it. So yes, speaking of yesterday's news, something that's quite exciting as well. I think the biggest thing that everyone was talking about was really the change in rules with regarding to the mask mandate in Singapore. So if you listened to yesterday's episode, you would have heard about, you know, the updates regarding that. I think that there was a bit of confusion with regards to like where you have to wear your mask and where you don't have to. So this is an article from The Straits Times that details where you can go with a mask and without a mask, basically. So just to recap, mask will no longer be mandatory in outdoor settings from Tuesday, March 29 and this is because the risk of outdoor transmission is significantly lower and of course this was like announced by PM Lee who you know made this massive announcement of um, easing of COVID-19 measures as the Omicron wave subsides. However, indoors mask wearing will still remain compulsory and of course safe distancing requirements will still be maintained in mask off settings to minimize transmission which means that actually groups must maintain the one meter distance. Now the Ministry of Health also encourages people to wear masks even when outdoors for personal protection and to protect others as well especially in crowded areas. Now indoor places refer to all buildings or places with clearly defined entrances and exits and these are examples office buildings, shopping malls, public transport and hawker centres, and also coffee shops. So yeah, places that are sheltered, but with open access generally, such as HDB void decks, retail block walkways, bus stops and naturally ventilated bus interchanges will also be regarded as outdoor areas. So what the Straits Times did that I th- found really, really useful is that they actually made this little cute little infographic that really details where you can remove your mask and whatnot. So I'm just going to recap once again where mask wearing is now optional from March 29th. So optional is HDB decks, retail shop walkways and five foot ways, bus stops and naturally ventilated bus interchanges open and unenclosed spaces such as parks, fields and nature trails, open air sheltered walkways and bridges. Now where you need to wear your mask still will be within office buildings, malls, lifts, public transport like buses and trains, hawker centres, coffee shops and wet markets, HDB retail shops and other shop houses and lastly classrooms and libraries so that's what you need to take note of honestly like this morning I woke up and I was like actually after the dust settled right I was thinking still a bit leche right like to have to carry your mask everywhere because like when you're outdoors you you don't have to wear then when you're indoors you have to wear But then I thought about it again and I said, actually, I'll take it. I'll take it because it's progress. Sometimes when I'm walking outdoors from point A to point B and where there's no AC, I sometimes really, really, really want to take out my mask. So I guess in that situation, this new rule would really come in handy. Another situation that I feel like I will uh, really appreciate is really the need. I mean, when you go on like nature walks, sometimes it's it's a bit like confusing in a sense because Previously, it's like, oh, you know, if you're doing strenuous activities, you can choose not to wear your mask. But then for me, it's like sometimes I just take random walks and I listen to podcasts and I don't know if I should wear or shouldn't wear, and I always just end up wearing anyway. So at least now it's like way clearer for me that, like, okay, you know what, once I'm outdoors, I can, you know, not wear my mask. So yeah, that's that. The next piece of news is something a bit worrying, I feel. Of course, this piece of news follows that one on NUH. So I'm just going to read this one. This one's from CNA. So the KK Women's and Children's Hospital has today said that it has filed a police report over an unidentified pregnant woman's claim that she had lost her baby after allegedly waiting at the accident and emergency department for about four hours. By the way, this is an entirely different piece of news from the NUH incident, uh, which I'll touch on a little bit later, but this one is KKH, okay? So according to the Chief Executive Officer of the hospital, Professor Alexia, KKH would like to clarify that the online report on the incident at the urgent ONG centre is incorrect, and we can definitively say that there is no such scenario, and we have since made a police report. Now on Wednesday what happened was that Wake Up Singapore actually posted an article about the alleged incident with a picture of a redacted hospital bill which was dated February 28th and the article which has since been widely shared on social media gave a timeline of the woman's account of her visit to KKH and the woman said that she suffered a miscarriage after she was allegedly left unattended at a for about four hours. Now KKH on Thursday yesterday said that they were not able to identify the patient despite the hospital's best efforts and that in its statement to cna it said that preliminary investigations indicate that there is no such case at the hospital on the date indicated in the report now on friday today wake up singapore published a post alleging that the hospital had spoken to the woman on the phone for nearly four hours before it released the statement the day before in a media statement today on friday Professor Sia thanked the public for allowing the hospital time to investigate the incident and reiterated that there are discrepancies between the story and the bill information shared online. Now Prof Sia said that every feedback is an opportunity to do better and we take it seriously but when there are falsehoods we must also address them transparently. Now this is a crucial time for everyone in healthcare and we will continue to do our utmost To take care of our patients. So, yes, that's from the CEO of KKH. Now, This incident comes after the other incident, which is the incident where a nine-month pregnant woman lost her baby when she was left unattended for about two hours while bleeding at the National University Hospital A&E Department. I believe that this piece of news was covered by Della yesterday, so you can go listen to yesterday's episode of We Read the News so you don't have to to get your update on that piece of news. Now, NUH, of course, apologized for the incident in a statement saying that it should have done more to provide closer monitoring and care and it also added that it will review its processes so that such incidents do not happen again. Now for today's news recap I'm focusing on the KKH1 and I do think that you know hopefully fingers crossed that it is a false piece of news. It is something thats that didn't happen because honestly, when I first read about the NUH incident, I was really quite shocked and, and really, really sad for on behalf of the couple involved. Um, and I truly hope that no one else has to go through something like this as well. However, I want to say that if the person was, you know, giving a fake anecdote or a fake piece of news, I do think that it's quite irresponsible, especially for the healthcare sector where right now, obviously, it's like a a crunch time for them and for them to have to go through this very unnecessary drama is really quite ridiculous and I hope that, you know, we have a better sense of civic-mindedness when it comes to things like this. I'm not sure what the person's intention or agenda was if giving a fake piece of news, but... I don't know. Hopefully, we'll have an update to this soon. All right. So last piece of news comes from CNA Lifestyle. And of course, this coming week is a very exciting one. It is Oscars week. I mean, actually, I think this is Oscars week, actually. So Oscars will happen on Monday, if I'm not wrong. Let me just double check. Yes, I think so. March 28th. Yeah, 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 that's Monday. So, yes. So, one piece of thing to look forward to uh, at the Oscar ceremony is that they will be featuring a respectful moment about what's happening in Ukraine. So, this piece of news is once again from CNA Lifestyle. So, as Hollywood's A-list celebrities gather for the annual celebration of the movies at Sunday's Academy Awards, The live telecast will also recognize the effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, organizers provided few details on Thursday, but said that there would be a moment during the Oscars ceremony that would acknowledge the invasion, which has killed over thousands and driven a quarter of Ukraine's 44 million people from their homes. So producer Will Packer said on Thursday at a press conference that while we want the night to be fun and celebratory and we want it to be an escape, This is a tumultuous time around the world. He also added that the COVID-19 pandemic also remained as a concern for them. Now the show will be broadcast on ABC in the US and will acknowledge those things and also do them in a way that is respectful. Now, Wanda Sykes, who is one of the three female comedians who will host the show, said that producers have something planned that we love regarding the situation in Ukraine and she added that it was going to be organic and thoughtful. Now, last week, Oscars co-host Amy Schumer said that she had pitched the idea of inviting Ukrainian President Zelensky to appear via satellite, but she suggested that the producers had rebuffed her. It's not me producing the Oscars, she said on the Drew Barrymore show. However, on Thursday, Packer did not rule out an appearance by Zelensky. He said that the show is still in process, so that's not something we would definitely say one way or the other at this point point. Now for all of you guys who are going to be watching the Oscars, including myself, you can watch the show live on March 28th on MeWATCH Watch as well as Mediacorp Channel 5 here in Singapore. The Red Carpet event will be happening from 6.30am to 8am with a repeat at 6pm, while the awards will be from 8am to 11am with a repeat at 10.30am. Let me repeat that. So both Mi Watch and Metacorp Channel 5 will be broadcasting live the Oscars. So the red carpet will be from 6.30am to 8am with a repeat at 6pm. While the awards itself will be happening from 8am to 11am with a repeat at 10.30pm. PM. So I'll definitely be tuning in and you know, we can also discuss a little bit more about the Oscars. I think it's going to be a very exciting one this year with all the different updates and everything. So looking forward to the Oscars coming Monday. Well guys, that is it really for today's news. I hope you found it useful and I hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend coming up. Once again, thank you so much for listening to We Read the News So You Don't Have to.